They had everything in common. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends, and uh, welcome to today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. We have been in the book of Acts and recently studying in Acts chapter 4, and today uh, we will be finishing the chapter as we take a look at Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Um, We're kind of moving at a snail's pace, and that's okay. Uh, We want to glean as much as we can from the Word and uh, really look deeply into the insights that the Lord has for us as we read uh, the book of Acts together. Um, The book of Acts is an exciting uh, book of the Bible because we see on its pages uh, the formation of the first century Christian movement um, as they uh, battled against uh, rampant religious and political persecution, as they were adjusting to life without Jesus, as they were learning what it meant that the promised Holy Spirit had come and uh, filled their lives and their hearts with this amazing and abundant power beyond like anything they had ever experienced, beyond description in some ways. And now they're seeing that power at work, laying the foundation for the church's formation, even in spite of all of the challenges that come at them. And so it's an exciting book. Um, There are things that we see happening in the book of Acts that we don't see happening, at least not uh, in in large um, measure in the contemporary church. And it can leave us kind of going, what's the deal? (laughs) Why don't we see the stuff that was happening in the book of Acts today in the churches that we're a part of? Why don't we see healings and miracles and signs and wonders and people um, preaching and the empowerment of the Spirit, a spontaneous word that leads to the salvation of thousands of souls? Why aren't we seeing that today? And that's a good question. It's a question that my... Uh, reading of the book of Acts this time with you has led uh, to me to wonder many, many times uh, as we've gone through the pages of this book. Well, today we're coming to the conclusion of chapter 4, and we're looking at verses 32 through 37, and uh, there's some beautiful stuff here. And uh, Before we get into the text, let's go before the Father and prepare our hearts. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. And I pray, Jesus, that you would tune us in. Tune us in to the sound of your voice. Tune us in to the beat of your heart. That we don't miss what you have for us today, Lord God. And that you would open new insights and understanding to us through your spirit as we read your word together. Father, we thank you for it. What a gift it is. And we thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Acts chapter 4, 32 through 37. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. And they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses 
sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, one of the aspects of the first century church was that they really were, in many cases, living in close community, and that may have meant in close quarters with one another. Uh, They were not selfish about their belongings. People weren't concerned about their personal possessions or their personal wealth. They were so sold out to the kingdom of God in Christ. They were so, so sold out to the mission of Christ that it was their ambition to sell everything they had and devote their lives to the community of the believers and to the ministry of Christ in the world. And so with that mindset, uh, we see, as Luke recounts here, uh, that every one of the believers uh, were of one heart and soul. There was a unity that went beyond description. There was a unity that, that um, was the very defining characteristic of their fellowship. And Luke tells us that no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. Um, they didn't see anything they owned as their sole possession. They saw the things that they owned and the things that God provided as something that could be shared among them for the greater good of the group. Um, And Luke tells us they had everything in common. Now, that's an interesting phrase. They had everything in common. In my mind, that would lead me to conclude that they were living life together. Um, possibly sharing their homes, um, that you would have believers that were um, living in the same uh, house, living together in close community, cooking meals together, farming together, um, buying needed resources together, providing for the needs of uh, those among them that were suffering or struggling. Uh, They had everything in common. And that is a, a sort of a Uh, a kind of life that we are not so accustomed to. I think there are places in the world, cultures in the world, where that sort of lifestyle is is more readily present today than it is in the United States or in the West. Um, We have a very clear uh, sense of our own belongings and our own possessions and our own homes. We have some real boundaries around those things in the present day. Uh, that were not uh, true of this time. And uh, I think the thing that we must grapple with is the spirit behind the way that they lived. Um, We may not be called to live in a communal setting with other Christians where we uh, put all of our resources together and live a common life, but it's the spirit behind that, the willingness to say, Lord, I look at these things that you've blessed me with. I look at this, the wealth and the resources that you've provided me, and I realize, oh God, none of these things are mine uh, because I didn't generate uh, the capacity to do these things. You gifted these things to me. And so, Lord God, if these are gifts that I am tasked with stewarding for you, Lord, show me how to use these things for the purposes of your kingdom. 
yes, some of these things have been provided for my family and for our ability to get by and to get along in life, but you've given me so much more than we need. Show me how to use um, out of the excess <laughs> what uh, resources you would have me commit to the purpose of your kingdom and to things that you're doing in the world. And, and I'll direct those resources there, Lord. I'll use those things for your purposes, and I will get involved also with my time in, in doing things for your sake in the world. Um, Luke continues in verse 39, And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. They were operating, functioning in the gifts of the Spirit. They were functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit alive within them and alive among them as they worshipped and met and gathered together. This was a powerful time uh, in the first century church, and their testimony was being lifted up and lives were being changed at the hearing of it. I love what, and I apologize, that's verse 33. In verse 34, I love what Luke says, There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. There was not a needy person among them. We live in a world where that just is not true. How often we watch the news and it seems like the aggregation of the greatest wealth is going to the fewest people and the aggregation of the greatest uh, lacrity is going to the greatest number of people and the middle seems to be dwindling. And so we are seeing our world move to the extremes. We're seeing wealth aggregated in uh, these uh, extreme lifestyles that very few people get to live, and we're seeing poverty begin to emerge among a greater number of the world's population. Uh, there's, there's, uh, those poles are kind of a, a scary movement for our world. Um, and the needy will, as Jesus said in his earthly life, they'll always be with you. Uh, but that, that pool of uh, people seems to be growing. But in this time... Among this community, there wasn't a needy person. And it was because the attitude of the heart of every believer who was a part of this fellowship was that whatever I have, I'm going to give back to Jesus. And I will provide for the common good of my brothers and sisters in Christ. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. And there's a beautiful trust there because they would sell what they owned and then they would bring the proceeds uh, to the leaders for uh, them to discern how those things should be distributed. Um, if there was a need, uh, it would be laid at the apostles' feet and distributed to each as any had need. There's an amazing trust there. There's an amazing open-handed way of living there that says the Lord will provide. And we uh, are committed to living life this way. It was a choice. It was a decision. It was an affirmation of the of the. Uh, conversion of their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. It was an affirmation that they got it. It was an affirmation that the Spirit was in them, that they were walking with Jesus, that they were committed to the way of Christ. And we see in verse 36, it says, Joseph, who is also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, Joseph is being lifted up as an example. 
he did something very important. He took this valuable field on the island of Cyprus, one of the Greek isles. Uh, this was probably a rich and lush field that could be used for the planting of olives and grapes and all kinds of wonderful produce. And yet, in, instead of viewing the field as an avenue for continued revenue for himself, he sold it so that the community of the faithful ones that he was a part of could, be, could, be, um, could benefit from the sale of that field. Luke elevates him and lifts him up as an example, and um, an example of the very kind of thing that he's been describing in this passage of the very heart that was present among the believers at this time. I wish we saw that heart present among the church today in our fellowship of believers. Sometimes I'm guilty of being um, not just discerning and cautious, but a little bit selfish with my resources, and maybe you're guilty of the same. I pray daily that the Lord would give me a heart like His, a heart of generosity, a heart that longs to give and bless others. And I, I am not perfect at it, and I suppose none of us are. But let's make that our prayer, that we would be moved in our spirit by the Spirit of God to live truly generous, truly open-handed lives. All right, my friends, thanks for taking time out of your day to study. And I pray that this has been a fruitful time for you and that the Lord will continue to speak to your hearts through his word today. God bless.